I was kind of watching my back. I didn't know if you were coming up. <clears throat> All right, let's look at today. Let's flip to Hebrews 11. We're going to briefly look at verses 23 to 27 and tie together some of the things we've talked about over the last few weeks as we've looked at creating a positive ID, getting a positive identity. A few weeks ago, we talked about uh, when the enemy, the enemy comes and does identity theft and steals, tries to steal who we are. We heard uh, that particularly from Bob and Kathy. Their life was shaped by someone telling them who they are. And I love that scene, the story back in uh, create after creation when Eve and Adam uh, take the fruit and they eat it and they hide and God comes and says, where are you? And they said, we were naked and we were ashamed. And God says, who told you that? Right? Who told you you were, were that way? And we have to watch the voices that come into our ears and make sure we're hearing God's voice. And over the last few weeks, we talked about being children of God and free in Christ and the fact that you're totally accepted. That's really good news today. You're extremely valuable. The fact that Jesus would die on a cross, the, the price uh, you pay for something or, or the price, the value of something is term, determined by how much someone will pay for it. Remember? Determined by how much someone will pay. What is your house worth? Exactly what someone will pay for it. Not a penny more, not a penny less. Do you know how much you're worth? A lot. You're extremely valuable. Jesus Christ paid the price for your sin. And not only are we valuable, we're totally loved. We're totally forgiven. We're eternally loved, actually. And you're fully capable. If you need to go back and listen to some of those messages, catch those. You need to get them down into your spirit. And we spent the last few weeks looking at what God has done and who we are. And today I want to talk about our response then. So so now what? What do I do knowing that I'm a child of God, knowing that I'm forgiven, knowing that I can be free from my past of sin? How do we move out? Not in like what Kathy pointed out is so key. She said, I pull up my bootstraps and kind of march on, you know, not doing things in your own strength, right? God, we have to respond to God and we have to act, right? But it's not in our own strength and it's not in the way we used to act. And so we're going to look at a guy who had a huge identity crisis and struggle, but he moved into the future. Are you with me today? We need a positive ID for the future. If we're going to move ahead, if you're going to move ahead, and if every single person that has gone and was at Encounter Weekend, if you're going to move now into the future, there's some things we need to know. And as a church, we need to remember that we have a prophetic identity. God has called us to grow and expand and plant churches and do great things and reach the lost and be overly generous to our city. And if we're going to do that into the future, uh, there's four things from Hebrews 11, 23 to 27, we have to know. If you're there, say there. Four verses, four points. Uh, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. 
Verse 26, he considered the approach of Christ greater wealth than the um, treasures of Egypt, but he was looking to the reward. And by faith, he left Egypt, not afraid of the king's anger, for he endured as seeing him who was invisible. Moses is an amazing leader, an amazing guy. He central figure in the Old Testament. Uh, but Moses also had to find himself. He was born to uh, Hebrew slaves, actually, in a time where the male children were killed. Isn't it funny when the enemy knows that a deliverer is on the way, he tries to come in and steal, kill, and to destroy. Just like we're going to look at here in the Advent season and Christmas season, uh, as Jesus, the, the true deliverer, is coming, uh, Herod says, man, strike down every male child born around Bethlehem. And because he knew God had a plan and he wanted to destroy it. And that's similar to our lives. The devil wants to steal, kill, and destroy your God-given identity. And Moses, even though he's born a slave, he has the exact DNA that God needs. His parents, when, when Moses was created, he was perfectly created for the job that God wanted him to do. And you need to not look at yourself like Kathy was told one time, uh, you're not very good to look at, which Kathy you are, right? Right? Um, listen, one word can try to shape our identity. We can't believe the lie of the enemy. And Moses um, is hidden in a basket, floated down river to save his life. They kind of watch from a distance and he goes right into Pharaoh's household, Pharaoh's the king at the time, the king that was mentioned in the last verse of our passage, uh, and raised by Pharaoh's daughter. And so this is Moses. He's, he's uh, an incredible leader, and there's a few things he had to work through as we look at these verses this morning. Are you ready? Good, four of you. All right. Verse 24, by faith, Moses, when he'd grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. The first thing, if we're going to move ahead in our identity, and when you find your identity, it shows, number one, that you have spiritual maturity. That you have spiritual maturity. When he had grown up, there comes a point in time in our life where we don't operate on our parents' faith, or we have to decide for ourselves that, man, I'm going to, when I grew up, Moses is saying, uh, he refused. He decided. He said, I'm going to go a different way. I'm not going to go the world's way. It showed that he was mature. But if we don't know who we are, right, if we struggle with who we are in God, if we struggle that we're really good enough or smart enough, darn it, people like me, right, if you really wrestle with that, you're not going to be spiritually mature. You're going to be uneasy. Jesus was such a great example in John 8. Uh, he said, I know where I came, I came from, and I know where I'm going. I, he goes, I know who my father is, and I know where I'm going. It, it demonstrated spiritual maturity, knowing his ID, knowing who God had made him to be. And what a restful place. Hearing those stories, man, if you're not in a restful place, uh, come up for prayer later today. Help God reshape your identity so you can know who you are and find maturity that helps you walk into the future. Can I hear an amen? John 13, 
3 through 5 says, Jesus knew the Father had put all things under his power. He knew. And that he had come from God and was returning to God, right? He knew where he'd come from. He knows where he's going. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist, and after that he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Jesus' incredible servanthood came from that deep, found spiritual maturity of knowing who he was, knowing that I was created for something way bigger than myself, knowing that I have a a maturity now that not only uh, God wants to give to me, but he's asking of me, right? God's asking us in this season of life to walk in a maturity and a, a new identity. And it's funny, when Moses fled Egypt, he made some mistakes along the way, and we can all relate to that. He made some mistakes, and as he fled into the desert, he ran into his future bride, uh, Jethro's daughter. And these shepherds came and tried to uh, rob them and, and take them. And Moses, you know, dun, 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 comes riding into the rescue. And she said something really interesting. She said, an Egyptian delivered us from the hands of the shepherds. She told her dad, he must have had one of those funny Egyptian Haircut mullet things, you know, the black ones with the bowl cuts in the front and the little, you know, and maybe he had the tan. I don't know. I'm Moses, Prince of Egypt. He had the look or the talk or something, but an Egyptian, he's not, see, the hidden in this, he's not an Egyptian delivering the people from the shepherd. He's really God's shepherd is going to deliver the people from the Egyptians. And the devil tries to take our identity and twist it. And God says, no, I have the exact opposite plan. I'm going to bring a maturity to you, Moses, where you delivered this girl, going to be your wife. That's a good deal. But now you're going to also deliver all of God's people. Everyone say mature. The next verse, verse uh, 25 says this, uh, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. When we know our identity, it not only helps us be mature, but it also defines our responsibility. It defines that, yeah, uh, God chose me. God set me apart. God made me a son. God made me a joint heir. God adopted me. God did all these great things and dying on the cross. But God also says, no, hey, I chose you. I need you to choose me. I need you to to choose and to grab on and to say yes to me. God's saying, I I left heaven to come down and die for you now. Uh, See, it says Moses chose to be mistreated. He had some choices to make. He said, I'll be mistreated. I'll leave the palace and I'll come and be mistreated and pass on the fleeting pleasures of sin. Right? I'll pass on that. And the Bible says sin is pleasurable for a season, but in the end it leads to death. It'll, it kills. It, it's the trick. It's the lie. And Moses had to, his responsibilities, now that he's getting his identity in view, now that he's realizing, wow, I could be a deliverer for God's people. I could be responsible. I could be mature. Right? I'm mature. Gee, my voice still cracks and I'm 42. <laughs> I'm finally mature. My beg- wife would beg the different times. 
not only is he mature, but he's going, man, I have a responsibility to the God and to God's people. And, and Moses isn't going to see if Moses lived today, he would try to blame everyone else for how he lived. Right. He, he tried to. Well, I was this happened to me and I was floated down a river and I really need help. He's, he's going, no, you have to take responsibility for your own actions and your own life. Right. Ultimately, it's not the parents fault or teachers fault or the government's fault or society's fault or culture's fault. Uh, our uh, Romans 14, 12 is so key in understanding responsibility. It says, so then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. I'm going to give an account one day and be judged not for what you find people have been asked to do in life. I'll be judged by what God has asked me to do in life. Ask me. I'll be held accountable for my family and my church and the things in my sphere of life. I, I won't be judged for what you need to do. And likewise, I also can't live on your expectation and your faith. You can't ride someone's coattails to heaven. You have to have your own responsibility and decide to not blame others for your life's direction. Right? Things happen to us, but but ultimately it comes down to us. And, and those testimonies uh, although brief, we took a few minutes for that today. It's so important because uh, your test, that's years. When she said, man, years ago. See, our life direction can shift just at a moment. And God wants us to, we respond to God's mercy, but we have to be responsible to say, God, I will walk out this healing. I'll walk out the next choices in my life. I'll, I won't live on someone else's commitment. And I will at the, at the end. Give accountability to you, God. Be responsible. Why? Because I know my identity now. I know that I'm a son. And I know that I do have a calling. And I do know that God expects things from me. Can I hear a great big amen today? So maturity, responsibility. This next verse, when we understand it, our ID, Moses got it here in verse 26. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. Isn't that great? He regarded, he regarded, that's a value decision. He chose, he regarded, he decided. Uh, the third thing that when we understand our ID, it, it helps decide my priorities. All of a sudden, my priorities line up when I know who I am in God and what he's asked me to do. And what a blessing that is. Can I hear another amen? When God starts to shape, all of a sudden you realize that, that you've been living for some other value system or things of the world that fade. The Bible says, don't store up treasures on earth where rust and moth destroy, but in heaven, right? Moses is saying, hey, he, he, he regarded Disgrace for the Christ's sake is a greater value than the treasures of Egypt. Egypt had a lot of treasures, right? Not just the pyramids and the big Sphinx thing with the broken nose, golden treasures. They were the most powerful kingdom in that era and epoch. They were, they had wealth, great wealth. And not only is Moses in Egypt, he's a prince in Egypt. Moses had at his disposal so many things in the question to Moses that he had to answer, that he had to be responsible for, that his priorities would be shaped by, will you, Moses, will you have palace priorities? 
or God's people priorities? Are you going to live for the palace and Egypt and everything that Egypt has to offer? Or are you going to live for God's people? Right? See, in Egypt, he had three things. He had popularity. He had pleasure and he had possessions. Those three things. He had power, right? He had, he had, he was, he was Pharaoh, one of Pharaoh's right-hand guys. Power, status, and pride can sneak in and steal your identity. Moses didn't want that. His priorities could not be the Egypt priorities. Not only was there popularity, there was pleasure. And Moses could have anything he wanted. If it feels good, do it. Now listen, there's nothing wrong with pleasure until it becomes your God. How many go out to lunch and say, I really want a terrible meal today. I really don't want to enjoy it. You know, well, some of you might be, you know. Lemon eaters, the Grinch, you know, nothing wrong with pleasure until it becomes our God. And the world says, if it feels good, do it. No, the pleasure is not designed. Egypt had every kind of pleasure imaginable, not only pleasure, but possessions, salary, sex, status. These things could have easily went in and taken Moses's identity and stole it turned him on the wrong track, but he knew, listen to these carefully before we move to the fourth point. Uh, he knew God's purpose is better than popularity. Loving God's people is better than pleasure, right? And he knew that having God's peace is better than possessions. This is really key right now in this holiday season and materialism and all the things that get shoved into the Christmas season and bigger and better gifts. Guys, we don't want to live to the Egyptian, so to speak, standards. We want to live to God's standards. It shapes our priorities. So you're going to live in the palace or the Egypt priorities. You're going to say, no, God, I'm living for you. I'm going to be driven uh, by what you have for me in my life. That brings peace, guys. When you're not drawn, if there's not heartstrings by all these possessions trying to tug your life, what peace, what joy to say, wow, I'm, I'm free. I'm free in God to not be bound by salary, sex, and status. I'm bound to be free in Jesus. That, those verses talk about measure, pleasure, and treasure, all about the, the things of Egypt that try to weave their way into our life. And I'm reminded by the words of Apostle Paul, Philippians 3.8. I think we have it on the screen and it, for you. It says this, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. Man, everything else, it, it's pointless if I don't gain him. And my identity, if it's found in all the things that the world has to offer, you won't be happy, right? So here's the question. What's your Egypt? What's the thing that tries to pull you back? And Moses is trying to get from, he's trying to lose the haircut and lose the look and, and follow God's call in his life. He's responding all of a sudden. And he's saying, hey, I want to be regarded as a disgrace even for the sake of Christ. Is far greater value than the treasures of Egypt. Maybe there's some treasures, things that you've put in a high value. 
that you need to set down that we can gain Christ. So not only knowing our identity helps us with maturity, right? We all want to be a little more mature. Helps us with our responsibilities. Man, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to respond to God, the goodness he has. Our priorities, man, my priorities now are, are uh, loving God's people and his purpose and his peace. The fourth thing we can find in verse 27 to help with our identity and moving into the future. By faith, Moses left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured him. He endured as seeing him who was invisible. By faith, he left. By faith, he moved. That's where we respond and we have to say, God, I I want my new identity to not just be found in a church meeting or at an encounter weekend. I want to move into the future by faith, expecting you to do great things. Moses, by faith. He, the fourth thing is this. When you know your, your identity, it, it secures or solidifies your destiny. It solidifies your future. It gives you the ability to move ahead and to do great things for God and to walk through life being a good dad or a good mom or a good teacher, a good boss or a good employee. And it it allows you to, to say, you know what? Not only is my past forgiven, God is securing my destiny. Guys, as a church, if we can look forward to 2017, uh, some of you are just trying to get through the holidays. The next three weeks, how about And into the next year, we know that God has plans for us to prosper. He has plans not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Moses, by faith, went ahead. He knew, I can do this. I can get up today. And when my foot hits the floor after my annoying alarm clock goes off, I'm going to march into the day knowing that God has given me a destiny. He has a destiny in mind. So often we want to change our circumstances, right? If we could just change everything around us, everything that's happened to us. See, God's not after that today. God's after changing you, right? God's after changing you, making you more in his likeness. You can affect the world around you. Your destiny is not about God making everything better on the outside. It's about helping you, right? That's what you're fixing your ID is about. That's what getting out of your Egypt is all about. It says this, Moses uh, kept going. He left in faith, not afraid of the king. I love that part. Not afraid of the king. See, the king was the most powerful, the king of Egypt, the most powerful man in the entire world right then. And he's not afraid of the king. Why? Moses answered to a higher authority, a higher power, something greater than himself. And he said, if I'm going to keep on keeping on and move out, uh, I'm going to not only need persistence, I'm going to need faith in God to, to believe that he's given me a true identity. See, if we don't get persistence to believe that our identity is secure and our destiny is secure, we won't make it. We'll give up. See, the secret to success is persistence. Try, try, try again pushing forward, believing in faith. That's how we're going to conquer the new year and every challenge that comes our way and every need and every demand and every issue that comes up and everything that as as God peels apart the onion of your heart, 
And if it does come apart in layers and you find things in there, oh, I didn't know that was in there. God's going to heal it and deliver you in Jesus' name. And you're going to have to have persistence. It's the secret to success. The secret to persistence is vision. Knowing where you're going, knowing that God has a destiny and a plan for your life. And that verse, our verses that we read, finished up with these words. It said, he endured as seeing him who was invisible. You know what the secret to doing the impossible is? Seeing the invisible. Seeing the invisible. How's Moses going to do this with the new identity? How's he going to be a leader and lead millions of people out of Egypt? He has no army. He has no weapons. He is he did have training, but he didn't have the, in the world's eyes what he should have had. He did it because he saw who was invisible. He saw Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith. So when we know our identity, guys, when we know all the things we've covered over the last few weeks, it, it gives us a, not only a sense to move on and be responsible, but it secures our destiny. It creates a new ID. Remember, if anyone's in Christ, you're a new creation. So, and Garrett, you can uh, come up in the team. Uh, listen, guys, you're in, actually just Garrett. I'll just have Garrett come. We need some time for ministry time today. I uh, just want you to come up and play. If we're going to move into the new year, we have to have our identity in place. And if the devil tries to tell you you are what you did, or you are what someone else did, or you are what that lie that was spoken over your life, tell him to take a hike. Remind him the Bible says that if anyone's in Christ, they're a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. If the devil tries to remind you of your past, just remind him of his future, right? Just remind him, hey, don't try to remind me of my past. You've got a bad future, Bob, and God's on the throne today, right? He gives you a new perspective. He gives a, a new eyesight. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus in this season. And that's how we know our, what our priorities are and our responsibility. And we're going to stop blaming others. And man, they did this. Well, Yes, they did. That was extremely painful. But God's, the blood that he shed on the cross is powerful enough to heal that. And it's, this message is not about, in case you're hearing me wrong, it's not about pulling your bootstraps. Let's be priorities and responsibility. We're going to march because God told us to. No, we know who we are. We're sons and daughters and heirs. We get to serve God. You know what? You get to be free. Some of you, you know, are going through Christianity as it's a duty. Prayer time. Well, when Jesus died to make you free and have a free life. Imagine when Moses crossed the Red Sea and they left Egypt finally. See, when Moses tried to do things in his own strength, remember he killed that Egyptian, buried him in the sand. That was in his strength. That's what he could do. When God came... He buried the entire Egyptian army in the sands of the Red Sea. And he said, you've been doing it wrong, Moses. You can't, you can't operate in the arm of the flesh what God can only do in the arm of the spirit. This isn't about just, you know, I'm going to be responsible. This is about responding, saying, wow, I have a good father and a good God that's going to secure our destiny. 
right? And help us be mature because Jesus died for our sins. Amen. Hebrews 12, 2, let this sink in and then we're going to pray. This is found from the Message Bible. It says, since you've been raised to new life with Christ. Let me pause. There's our identity. Since you've been raised to new life. Come on, guys, get out of the grave clothes. Get out of the tomb. Get out of that old life. You've been raised to new life. Not only were your sins taken care of, you're raised, resurrected to an, a, new, a new mindset, a new identity. That devil can't take your ID, right? And some of you are living with the fake ID. Do you remember in college, you know, if you could get a fake ID, Someone has some confessing to do. Maybe it's just living with the wrong ID. God's saying, don't be a person you're not. That's not going to, that's not going to get anywhere, right? That's not going to get, since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights. Let's look ahead on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Let's stand to our feet. I'm going to ask our uh, ministry team to come forward and our Encounter Weekend team to come forward. Uh, We've heard a lot today via testimony and a lot over the last few weeks, and maybe, maybe it wasn't a, maybe you were here but didn't respond. Maybe you heard us talk about being adopted as sons and daughters. Or maybe you heard us talking about being a joint heir with Christ or being totally accepted, but you don't live that way. Maybe you don't feel like you're totally accepted, or maybe you can relate to Bob's uh, story. He couldn't, he couldn't have a healthy view of who his heavenly Father was because of things that had happened with his earthly father. Maybe it's a mom or a dad or a spouse or someone said something, someone did something, someone tried to steal your identity. Maybe you maybe you just want someone to partner with you. You know that next year God has great things in store. Guys, it's coming out of my pores. I know that 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 God has amazing things in store for this church. Can I hear a great big amen? We have to get this identity thing right if we're going to take on the enemies that the devil will throw our way. If we're going to conquer the giants and do the things that he wants us to do, like Ben said last week, be like streams planted by, trees planted by streams of living water. No matter where we are, those roots are going to go down deep and we're going to grow and we're going to flourish. But maybe today you need to respond and say, I, I want prayer for my identity and I don't want the devil to take it anymore. Would you respond today? Would you? Now I'm going to pray for us and we'll dismiss, but we really want to pray for every single person setting our sights on the new year and our author and perfecter of our faith, what he's done since we're raised with new Christ. That's our... That's the lens we're going to look at these next few weeks with and next year with. Let's pray. Father, we ask today, we just heard a snippet of what you've been doing in our church and people's individual lives. 
not only for individuals, God, we, we pray for marriages right now. We pray for families right yes. now. We pray for individuals that need to be set free. Maybe they heard a word. Maybe they resonate with some of the stories that were shared. And God, you have great, and it's not just about having courage from our past. Moses had courage to leave Egypt, but he also had to find courage to move ahead. And God, I pray today that we would find that kind of courage to move into the future, whatever it is, God. We ask that you would endow us with that by your powerful Holy Spirit. And for every person that either desperately or just needs prayer today, would you do a miracle in their life today, God? Would you help us find their priorities and responsibility and our maturity and our destiny, those great things that come when we know who we are in you? So God, I pray for a freedom today to not only step forward boldly, but to freedom to receive your freedom and your joy and to live like we're free. In Jesus' name, everyone shouted. Amen. Amen. Hey, do me this favor. Would you step out of your seat? Come up and get prayer. Uh, come up and get filled with the Holy Spirit. We've got a yeah. God, guys. The God has a lot for us to do, and we want to be ready. We want to be filled. We want to be blessed. Please give us the honor of praying for you today. All right. God bless you guys. Have an amazing uh, rest of your week. Unravel me with melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies until all my fears are gone. Cause I'm no longer. 